When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. future we're talking real money hello again everybody don mcdonald here talking about money because the show's called talking real money the podcast is called talking real money it's all about talking real money and you have a standing invitation to talk real money with us by calling the podcast at 855-935-TALK 24 hours a day you can leave your question Sending in a, a question via Talking Real Money, the contact form, or calling us during the live show, which takes place every Saturday from 3 p.m. until 5 p.m. Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, at the same number, 855-935-TALK. You know it's confusing out there, particularly in the financial world, the investing world. There are a lot of products. There are a lot of people who claim they've got the formula. They do, but they don't, but they claim they're brilliant, but they aren't, and they charge a lot, and you don't get anything for it. Perfect example, and I want to thank the folks at, uh, what's, the, what's the name of the company again? BTS. They cold call me all the time. They want our firm to use their funds, and why not? Boy, do they have some fees. Anyway, they called again and I never call them back because I feel that salespeople, I'm under no obligation to return a call to a salesperson. I just don't feel I'm obligated. There's no social contract there. So um, I was looking at their BTS tactical fund, which is a an alternative bond fund. And the claim is that their funds do better in down markets and, you know, do OK in up markets. And they have fancy hedging strategies and they know when to be in and be. Uh, it's all tactical. It's all fancy. It's all fancified. Well, the BTS tactical, they have two uh, versions of their tactical fixed income fund, the A shares and, of course, the C shares, because these are sold by brokers. Now, in case you missed previous episodes, A shares have a front end load. That means you pay a commission to get in. You put $10,000 in, and in this case, $9,500 gets invested in the fund. The rest goes to the broker. And then the fund gets an expense ratio. They get paid for all their hard work, buying and selling all the time. And they do buy and sell all the time. They turn over their portfolio about five complete times a year, which is a lot of trading. And for that, in their A shares, they get 1.91% per year. Wow, they're doing okay. Hmm. So how do you how would you have done? Well, if you purchased this fund back when it started uh, about 6 years or so ago, you would have made just slightly more than they did. Just slightly. The average annual return for this fund since 2014 is 2.01%. The 5-year return is 2.35. 
Three-year return is a negative 0.51. This is a bond fund, folks, not a stock fund. And uh, its volatility, its standard deviation, just for comparison's sake, is 3.42. It's a bond fund, so it's not real bouncy. The S&P 500, for comparison, has a standard deviation of about 16. Okay? So it's not particularly bouncy or scary, but they do turn it over a lot. And its portfolio is um, is is kind of a it's right now they're all in money market. They're 100 percent in cash. Well, gee, being 100 percent in cash makes it kind of hard to make money. But that's neither here nor there. They try to time the market. It's actively managed. It's tactical. Let's make a really substantial comparison. Another bond fund. Let's use a bond fund that doesn't try to time the market. This is a bond fund that just owns the market. It owns all of the high-quality bonds in the United States, governments and corporates. It owns in aggregate. It's not in cash. They never go to cash. They have a little bit in cash, but they never go to cash because they want to own the bond market. And so they have... Almost 18,000 bonds, and they turn just under a third of the portfolio over a year because bonds mature and that kind of thing, and they have to buy new ones. So there's a little bit of turnover. It's 31% compared to 500% for the BTS tactical fixed income. So already you can see that um, there's there are big differences. But But how about that volatility thing? I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do to reduce the risk. You see, that's the whole point. That's why they're in cash now. They're risk reducing. How does the risk compare? Remember, it was 3.4, I think 3.41 standard deviation. Well, the Vanguard total bond market index is 3.33% standard deviation. Hmm. Wait, Vanguard does nothing? And their risk is similar? Well, there must be something else wrong with it then. Maybe we should look at the fee structure. Let's see. You remember the BTS tactical fixed income A shares had a 5% load commission and fees of 1.91% per year? In other words, they made almost as much money as their clients. Vanguard's expense ratio is 0.05% percent. That's substantially cheaper. Not just cheaper, that substantially cheaper. Well, maybe these other guys beat Vanguard on performance. Maybe that's it. Well, Vanguard's, they've been around for a while. So their since inception, I mean, it's not really fair. They've been around for a long time. So their 4.4% average annual return since inception, you can't make that comparison fairly. No, no, no. Let's use the five-year, which was about 2.3% for the BTS. We, we want to be more fair, don't we? Of course we do. We're nothing if we're not fair here. We may be critical, but we're fair. Vanguard Total Bond Market Index, five-year return. Now, remember, their volatility was a little lower, so they're a little more safe. Their fees were lower. Oh, and huh, their average annual return almost tw- Twice as much? 4.34%? Hmm. Now, 
I have a question. Why would any, any financial advisor, anywhere, sell a client the BTS Tactical Fixed Income Fund? The A shares get them a 5% commission. Oh, wait, maybe, they, maybe they'll sell you the C shares and, and you'll do better. Maybe that's it. C shares don't have a commission. No, well, there you go. No commission. Same turnover. Okay, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Expense ratio, 2.66%. Ooh. Well, how's that average annual return? Five-year return? Oh, fees do matter. 1.6% five-year return versus Vanguard's no-load fund with a 4.34% return? Hmm. Well, when we put those apples up against them apples, the cheaper apples shine a whole lot more brightly, and hmm, when you bite into them, they're far more satisfying. <laughs> I just don't get this. Uh, fees matter, folks. Fees matter a lot. Active management doesn't work. There is no evidence. None, 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 none. 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 Every once in a while, somebody might get lucky, but there's no evidence that actively managed investments do better than just the dull, passive stuff that buy a part of the market and just kind of rebalance. This is too easy to be this complicated. 855-935-TALK. That's the number to call. You can also send questions in at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. Click that contact form. And now we've come to that part of the program where we take your questions. All right, let's get the first one done. Let's start with this one right here. The subject is UTMA account. For those of you who don't know what a UTMA is, it's a Uniform Trust to Minors account. It's a way of giving your kids money when they're young, and then you keep control of it until they reach the age of majority. All right, here's the note. Hi, Don and Tom. I met you both last year at the Tacoma get-together. I've talked with Brian on occasion, too. Brian's one of our advisors. I have a question for you, please. Back in the 80s and 90s, my wife's father set up trust accounts for our children. The kids are now 40 and 37. These accounts are still in my wife's name. Actually, she's the custodian, with the kids being minors. So the account is probably plated so-and-so in trust for so-and-so. Merrill Edge is now telling us we need to transfer control of these accounts. You're at Merrill Lynch? Come on. All right, never mind. Uh, my wife and I actually own the funds in these accounts because we used our own money to put my son through college, and we used my daughter's account to go toward the purchase of our home that we were selling to my daughter. Yeah, no. Technically, you don't own the accounts. You may feel like you own the accounts, but legally, your children own the accounts. On to the question. My question is, what do we need to do to get the kids' names off these accounts and into our names? The kids will have no problem signing off on this procedure. These accounts are all in high-quality stocks, and that is why we never wanted to sell them. We were happy to use our cash instead. I hope this all makes sense. Yes, it does. Oh, and then here, there's a postscript. I have no trust in Merrill Edge, and I've already rolled my account out of Edge and into Vanguard. Okay, so this is what's left. 
Here's probably, well, there's a couple of ways to go about this. I'm not sure which one's easier. You can get Merrill to give you forms to replate the account, to change the name on the account. Those will then, uh, that your kids would have to sign it, saying that I hereby transfer the, this account to your names. You could do that, or your kids could, well, now let's see. You could probably move them in kind. Yeah, that's another way to look at it. Um, you could move, they could move them in kind to a, an account at Vanguard. And that sounds too complicated. I would just try to get Merrill to get you the forms that they can sign, and they will probably have to have signature guaranteed at a national bank changing the name on those accounts. That's probably the easiest way to do it. And then when you get them, when you get them, Vanguard has brokerage accounts too. So you should be able to roll those over in kind. It means they'll actually transfer the stocks over to your Vanguard account. But I think I'd start with that. Thanks for the note. Appreciate it. I hope it all goes well. And you can send your notes in at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can also make an appointment to meet with our wonderful advisors like Brian or any of the others uh, just by going to TalkingRealMoney.com. And you can also call us anytime with your questions at 855-935-8255. And our last one for today, the subject is retirement portfolio question. Here it is. I am going to retire in a couple of months and have an income stream to cover 150% of base needs. Good for you. My financial assets will be used for fun and charity. We have $2 million in pre-tax and $1.5 million in post-tax funds. We will be in a 24% tax bracket. I want an overall 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio. How should the profile of the pre-post funds look? I know that people say to keep your bonds in the pre-tax portfolio, but then how do you balance each year? I won't need to withdraw from a 401k until 73. I was thinking to be more aggressive in the 401k funds and more balanced in the post-tax funds, since that will be the source of the most immediate funding. Second question, as the income from this can vary, would you recommend a 2% fixed and a 2.5% variable withdrawal rate? Love your and Paul Merriman shows and have learned a lot. Um, okay. Um, there's a couple of ways to go about this. Well, let me start with the, with the last question first. I love variable withdrawal rates. I love them. I love them. I love them. Because a low variable withdrawal rate, like 2.5%, in essence, means you could be super conservative and you would never run out of money. You just couldn't. And most people live their lives in a variable fashion. What it means is for your fun, when the, the your portfolio does really well, you're going to get a bigger check. When it doesn't, you're going to get a smaller check. This doesn't matter because it doesn't affect how you live. I might even kick it up to a three and be crazy. Um, but... Uh, yeah, as for balancing, you want to have bonds and stocks kind of mixed up so that you can do some rebalancing. Or what you can do is in the portfolio with the bonds, if you get too many bonds in that portfolio, you buy some stocks in that portfolio if you don't add new money anywhere. Uh, you, you can actually rebalance just by 
reducing the bond exposure and adding a few more stocks. And then if the balance changes, you sell some stocks from that taxable account. Yeah. And would I, I would probably keep the more aggressive stuff in the 401 and the more balanced in the post-tax because um, you're, you're not going to be taking money out of that 401k. It can go all over the place, but I, I don't think it's going to matter a heck of a lot, but I think you've got it under control. So, uh, and the other thing you might really want to consider, given that you're in the 24% bracket, you're really getting close enough that you might want to consider using either tax-free bonds because the, the a good, high-quality municipal bond portfolio is going to come pretty close to matching the yields of the taxable bond portfolio if you're using funds. So you might want to look into that. You also might want to look into tax-managed funds for the uh, the equities you use in your in your post-tax account. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate the note. Thank you all for participating. And remember to call anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just leave a message. And on Saturday, call the show live between 3 and 5 Eastern time. That same number, 855-935-TALK. Take good care of yourselves. We'll talk to you really soon. I'm Don McDonald. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.